I'm Megan from Catalyst and Connect. Welcome to another episode of Succeed in Business, Springboard Northern Ireland's most powerful personalized accelerator program. Shares everything you need to know and didn't know you didn't know. Everything you need to know to establish, grow, and scale your business successfully. Springboard, accelerating innovation through experience. Today's episode, recorded at the Innovation Centre in Catalysting, Belfast, is titled Show Me the Money, an investor's perspective on what they're looking for when funding startups. And John is chatting with Jamie Andrews, Investment Director at Techstart NI, Seed Investment Partner for Ambitious Entrepreneurial Founding Teams in Northern Ireland. Jamie, you're very welcome. Thanks for contributing a little bit of time to our Springboard podcast. We're going to talk about the money element of investment for entrepreneurs early stage companies and the first question i sort of thought of was what types of money are available to early stage companies so there's a there's a whole mixture of types of money that you can avail or potentially avail yourself of yeah i think the first place to look is is your core business um you know you've got customers you know are your terms of business with your customers as strong as they can be you know do you get cash up front you know, that'll, that'll avoid you having to go to other places for finance uh, obviously there's grants available uh, and there's plenty of sources of those uh, you know in Northern Ireland and across Europe um, you've also got your R&D tax credits um, for you know loss making technology companies that should be an area where you can get cash and then you start moving into the areas where you know it's going to cost you more uh, in terms of money for finance so you've got you know, bank debt or other sources of bank type finance there are government backed uh, loans that are available so for early stage companies, it is difficult to get debt, but there are some sources of limited amount that's worth looking at. P2P lenders, uh, there's much more cash available in that part of the world than there used to be. And I think once you've sort of exhausted the sensible areas there, then you start looking at, you know, should I be looking at investment? And again, there's sort of a, you know, probably a scale there where you would start off looking at friends and family. And I suppose a tip on the friends and family side would be, you, know, you want them to be asking you to invest as opposed to you asking them and you certainly want to make sure that they can afford it. Um, and then you move into sort of privates or angels, um, you know, who, who are interested in getting involved in early stage projects. And then you go from there probably into sort of early stage uh, venture capital. Great. So there's a whole array of different types of money that you can avail of. Leading on from that, why would you take on money? Why should an early stage company take money on board? I think the key reason would be, you know, if you see there's a really big market opportunity and to get an early leadership position into it, you need to go faster than those early sources of finance, you know, faster than the revenues that you'll be able to get out of customers uh, will get you. So if you've got a big opportunity, you want to get after it, you want to have a leadership position. Leadership positions are valuable. Uh, They're more valuable than being, you know, third or fourth in the market. So you want to go at it with some pace. I think also you'd be thinking about, in terms of executing on your plan, having the right sort of team around you is a, is a really key factor. And having money enables you to attract better people. So that combination of you know, a big market opportunity and money is very attractive to good talent to come in. Um, I think another important thing is you know, having other people sitting around your, your table worried about your cash flow is quite freeing up for a founder. Um, you know, if you're spending your entire time looking at the, the cash balance, you're not focused on, on the big opportunity. So to summarise it a little bit, there's a window of opportunity in the market to bring your product there and having the money should help 
you to do that in the right time frame. Secondly, you could have identified the best market, the biggest problem in the world. You could have the best product fit for that market, but if you haven't got the right team, it's unlikely you'll make a success. So the money can also get you the team that will enable you to deliver the product at the right time frame to that market. Yeah, I think that, that that's, a, that's a fair statement. Let's say I've been successful in, in taking money on board. What can I expect? What's my return as an entrepreneur, if you like, from having that money? You then have the opportunity to go after your the market as fast as you can. It means you can invest in things um, that you wouldn't otherwise uh, have been able to without the money. In terms of what you're you're sort of giving away, you know, an investor is really interested in the exit. You know, so how much is the shares worth? And nine times out of ten, that's a, an M and A event. Uh, occasionally, it's an IPO. So the investor will want to make sure that they have an ability to make sure that all the value goes into the share capital. So they're going to want to make sure that they have some say in remuneration. They want to have uh, some say in whether dividends can be paid, about whether you can borrow money. Um, but those protections are all about making sure that you know time and effort and ultimately value go into the value of the shares and not elsewhere. And that's really all they're trying to do. There's a, a phrase bandied about, which is smart money. So what is smart money? I think smart money at, at the early stage uh, of companies is, is even more specific than in general. So smart money would be obviously money uh, attached to expertise. So the person who's, who's coming along with the money has got you know, knowledge and experience that's relevant to you and you can use that. And I think in the early stages, I would add a third category to that, which is people that are willing to roll their sleeves up and get involved. And that means sitting beside you in you know, key commercial meetings, you know, acting as a way of qualifying investors coming into your business um, you know, I think people who are willing to give you more than just their wisdom uh, in the early stages is like gold dust. And I'd be saying, you know, take, you know, take their money, take as much time as you can off them and be willing to pay them in more equity. So even if they're investing in your business, they'll have skin in the game that they've paid for. You know, also think about paying them um, in options, for example, to make sure that they continue to be incentivized to help you. So smart money, in other words, is not just about the money. It's about utilizing my expertise or my black book or my network to add value to the business absolutely in the early stages you know as i said before that sort of the sleeves rolled up um help the person who's willing to sort of put a bit of their reputation on the line to help you uh, is like gold dust because it attracts other people and it attracts other people's money uh, and makes your whole uh, process of going through the growing of the company much easier. That in mind, it's also really important for the the entrepreneur, the early stage company who's looking for money, to make to take time to make sure that they do their own due diligence on the investor, just as much as the investor will want to do the due diligence on the on the people and the company that they're investing in. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I, th- I mean, sometimes money is just money, and some investors are very happy to say they're just money. But you know what you probably don't want is you know, someone who's bringing along a small amount of money and wanting lots of influence, and maybe where their, where their experience isn't that relevant, you know, that probably might, that's probably going to slow you down as opposed to speed you up. And obviously the reverse is true. Is true. What are investors looking for from entrepreneurs? So when the entrepreneur, the early stage companies come and pitch to the investors, what are the trigger points? What are they looking for? I think number one, is it a really big market opportunity? Um, you'll forgive a lot if you can see a really big market opportunity on the other side of the table. I think you then, from there, you start saying, you know, is the founder, is their background and experience relevant to that opportunity? so that they can best go out um, and execute on it. 
Um, I think you're then getting into, um, you know, what's the quality of the team? It's not just about the founder. What's the, the team around the table? And is the, do, do they paint a vision where getting from this early stage, um, let's say concept, to a business with traction, you know, do they make that look realistic? You know, is their network, again, back to their experience, are the people sitting around them on the table, does that all look like a realistic proposition to be investing in? Um, and I think finally, you've probably got an element of, is the proposition right-sized for the capital, for the capital that they're looking for? Um, you know, if something's going to require five million before you get any proof points, that is at a completely different risk level that most investors will just walk away from. But if they can see that for 250 to half a million to a million quid, that you know, sensible milestones can be achieved, such that other people might be coming around the table as well, that's what investors, I think, are looking for. And just for clarification, because I think this is, is important to the entrepreneurs who are looking for money, and it's a little outside of the, the remit for today, but I think it is really important. When, when you say investors are looking for a big market, that doesn't mean uh, that you field the worldwide market for pharmaceuticals, for instance, when you're doing a specific medical device. The size of the market, which needs to be that large market, has to be very specific to your target market. Yes, so your, so your addressable, tar- yes. addressable target market. Yes. I, mean, I think what investors would be looking for is that, and they appreciate that there's huge amounts of risk and that only certain companies will get there. But ideally, you're looking for an opportunity that you can credibly believe could be a hundred million pound revenue business if they can get a leadership position in that market. Um, and that's, at that sort of a level, that will be attractive to virtually all investors. If we could summarize, there's three key points coming out. What would make a really good pitch to an investor is understanding knowledge and identification of that market. The, the risk in bringing a product which matches that market, so the product market fit in other words. And then thirdly, the talent, so the people who can deliver that product into that market to whatever strategy they put on the table. Yep, I think that's a good summary. How or when should entrepreneurs start to approach investors? I think the best approach really is to do it all the time. Um, when we go back to those sources of finance that we talked about at the very start, you know, I think one of the jobs of an early stage CEO or founder is to be working all those sources of money constantly. And that, from the, from the investment perspective, that probably means you know, trying to find your local VCs, getting a good introduction to them. So you're going in there with a warm, you know, a warm introduction and start having a coffee, um, talking them through your idea, and just starting to, to sort of snowball a series of feedback sessions from all the investors who are willing, who are willing to take that coffee from you or have that coffee with you, uh, as well as sort of people who are experienced in the market. So I'd be starting to work it up like that because you're going to get asked the same questions over and over again. And over time, you'll, you'll change your thinking and you'll be refining your proposition. And at some point in, in that sort of period of socialising, you'll start to get more formal. So you'll start to feel a bit of a pull. If it, if it is a good opportunity, you'll start to feel a bit of a pull from the investor. And that will start of, you know, after a series of coffees. There'll be some sort of a meeting that happens where you start meeting more than just your initial contact. And at that point, you know you're sort of heading towards being seriously considered for investment. Um, but to restate from the start, I think you've got to be working all those sources of finance all the time. A lot of the founders or co-founders are from the product background, if you like, they're the technical people who are the designers or the innovators, uh, the inventors. And they say, well, you know, we're not salespeople, but in, in effect, they're selling the whole concept, the company. And so this is their probably their biggest and their first sale they've got to make. And, you, and you're absolutely right. Think about, I'm not going to sell 
a product in one meeting and there, there's a process there? Absolutely. Um, selling is a key part of, of the founder's job. I would say as well, from the investor's point of view, you know, an investor doesn't want to have to meet you day one and be an investor in three months' time. Mm-hmm. There's just not enough time to get to know you and for a relationship which goes both ways to be formed so that the longer you can make that period without being desperate for money, uh, the better, because you're building up that trust, you're building up that relationship, and ultimately everything you know is about people and relationships, uh, and the longer you can form those, the better your chance of getting investment. People buy people first. People buy people first. Here's the start of our 10, or the $64,000 question, or, or the half a million dollar question. We get asked all the time, how do I value my company? So if I'm going to go and get investment, how much do I give away, and for how much? It is, it, is, it, is a, it is a question, uh, as you can imagine, we get asked a lot as well, and obviously can be emotional. Um, but at the early stages, because there are very little metrics around the business, you know, you, you have the various attributes that we described earlier. And if you're ticking all those boxes, you're probably in, in as good a position as you're going to be. But ultimately, there is no metrics to value the business. And the way I think we would look at it is not what the valuation of the business is, but what the cap table should look like after our investment. And you know, if we're the first, let's call it institutional investor in, you know, what we don't want to be doing is taking so much of the company that it's unattractive to future investors coming down, or even more important that the founder is in some way disincentivized because they don't feel they own enough of the business. So we'd be saying that every time you go out to raise money of a serious level, you should be thinking that you're going to give away somewhere between, let's say, 25 and 30% of your business. And then the challenge for the entrepreneur is to raise as much money as possible for giving away that amount. Because VCs are only going to want to invest, they want to invest enough money and get enough of your company to make it worthwhile. And there's no point in them going through the whole process of due diligence, investment agreements, etc., etc., if at the end of all that they're going to own an insignificant stake. It's not going to be material to them. So I'd be saying you're, you've got to be thinking about giving away 25 to 30% of your business, and that includes probably setting aside an option pool uh, for future recruitment. Um, and you know, investors are going to be, they're going to have sort of your interests aligned. They're not trying to come up with a valuation at that early stage, which gets the biggest chunk of the company for themselves. They're trying to make you an attractive proposition for a series of, of fundraisings and to make sure that you're incentivized throughout all that. So I'm going out to, to look for a specific amount of money which gives me a runway, whether that be 12 months or 18 months to get to the, to the next stage. How much money on around that 25% plus or minus that I give away is probably down to the perceived risk by the investor. So this is a bigger risk, they're going to want a little bit more, this is, you see, this is a, a less risk, they want a little bit less, but it's around that amount. Yeah, no, I think that's probably fair. I mean, if you, if you go into an investor and you know you haven't really spoken to any other investors and you're saying you're the only investor I'm going to speak to so I want you to put all the capital in and uh, you know out of the things we described earlier I've got some of those but not all of them um, you're going to be talking about the lower range of possible valuations if you go into an investor and say uh, I would like you to lead this investment but I've already got you know half the money secured from somewhere else and that money is smart money um, and I'm ticking most of the boxes that we described earlier in terms of what makes a proposition attractive, you're going to get in the higher end of the range. But to, to the start of that, you need to raise enough money um, and you can't really have too little to make sure that you've got, you know, ideally 18 months to get those proof points put in place. And it's really just, you know, in the early stages, it's really identifying what are the three or four key things that need to be achieved by the business 
such that you know people are going to be happy to put more money in or you're going to be able to attract new investors and you're going to be able to attract the next level of talent that you need for your business so trying to keep it as relative you know as simple as possible you know and a certain amount of money to give me 18 months to achieve these three or four things and you know right sizing your investment round for that and de-risking it as much as you can for the investor that will maximize your valuation and given that we all understand that especially in the early stages everything doesn't go to plan is it it's fair enough to put in a little bit of a buffer in there just to make sure that you get to that 18 month runway i i think absolutely i think the you know when you're talking about putting in a, you know an extra quarter's worth of buffer i mean that, that could be a life changer for you you know because it, it might enable you to achieve two or three of those key milestones that we identified you know they might just be back ended so i wouldn't um I wouldn't be shy about raising more money than you than initially the model says. Worth emphasizing as well, and I think you made a really really good point. Um, contrary to belief, your institutional investor isn't there to grab as much of the company as they can and to lean on the founders. They're there to put the right amount of money in to get that runway, to de-risk it as much as possible, and then to support the founders to do what they say they wanted to do. Absolutely. I mean, I think particularly when you're investing in the early stages, when you do lack those metrics, you know, the important thing is the valuation when you sell the company, not when you raise your first seed investment. Which is, I think is also a good point because a lot of entrepreneurs come along and say, well, you know, how do I value the company before I go to meet the potential investor? And probably the best advice is don't worry about it because, again, you're looking for a certain amount of money to do a certain amount of thing and the investor will tell you, well, this is how much risk I think is, is, is there. I think that's right. I think the only time you can really walk into investors and say, you know, I think this, this is the valuation is when you've got two, three or four other investors who have sort of validated that and you're really saying to the investor, would you like some room in this round? And that's when you do have all the power, but that's very rare indeed in the early stages. Okay, so I've got my money, I've got my investment. How do I pay this money back? What's the expectations from the investor? I mean, this is a key point, you know, because you know, having investors in your business is either for you or it's not. In that, you know, once you've taken investment on board, you know, you've sold a part of your company to them and you know, particularly institutional investors, their number one uh, driver is to eventually sell or IPO the, your company such that they can realise the profit in the shares. So they're, they're not looking for repayment. And in fact, there's no repayment option as time moves on. Um, you know, you've got to be working alongside them, alongside your investors to try and maximise the value of the shares and ultimately get an exit. We do get some entrepreneurs saying, well, you know, three years down the line, I'll be able to pay that back with, with yeah, a bit of interest, whether it be 20, 30, 40, 50%. But that's not what the investor is after because that makes it really risky. Uh, absolutely. And, and the investor will make sure that, you know, this is going back to, the, the, you know, what does the investor want? The number one thing the investor wants in terms of protection is to make sure that the value goes into the share capital. So again, you know, if you think you can take the investment and then, you know, move, move in a different direction and be trying to avoid that exit scenario, it's going to be difficult. You have to be aligned with your investor in that you're both going at this to, to get a, you know, and I would say nine times out of 10, it's an M&A event and occasionally an IPO. But you're, you're agreeing that you're going for, for a realisation event so that your investor can get their money back and make a profit. Investment or taking on money isn't for everybody. If I'm a, an entrepreneur who wants to build a lifestyle company that may not be something that I would be going out looking for investment for. It's really for those high growth potential companies where I can build it to 10 million in five years, which gets all of us, including the investors, multiple returns on the money. 
Absolutely. So I think there's, you know, there's a fundamental, who have you got sitting around your table? You want everybody around that table to be aligned. And if you take venture investment, that means growing the company as fast as you can to maximise the potential of its shares. The other little phrase, investors are looking for 10 times their money back, sometimes raises eyebrows. If you look at it from the perspective of it's all about managing risk, maybe the analogy is betting on a whole group of horses. There'll be a couple who will get up there in the front and, 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 and make lots of money. There'll be a whole bunch in the middle who will break even or make very little money, but there'll be a significant bunch at the bottom who will lose everything that you put into it. So we expect 10 times our money back because we know we're not going to get it. It's about spread betting and a very few at the top will get you that, which will get you overall a percentage return. I think that's fair. I mean, the the expectation, particularly when you're investing, you know, right at the very early stage of technology companies, there's so many factors that could change over time. You know, it might just, it might not be a a bad decision at the time you invest, but you know, the, the world changes and innovation changes. What you're really looking for from the investor, no matter what sector you are, so what, what sort of outcome is likely is sort of transparency. So, you know, if, if you're going to be in the, the ones that, that potentially make 10 times your money back, you know, you want the investor to be out there, you know, selling your proposition as much as you are and trying to attack talent and helping you. If you're in the, in the middle group that you described, you know, you want your investor to be working hard to see if he can get you into the top group. You know, you, you have to do the lion's share of the work, don't, don't, make, don't get me wrong. But you want them, you want the investor to be you know, helping you try and get into that top tier. And if you're, if it looks like it's not going the way everyone wants it to be, you also want transparency from your investor, such that they're telling you early on that it's unlikely that they're going to put any more money in, and, and that you should be looking elsewhere, or that you should be trying to get to break even, or that, or, or sometimes you should be just thinking about doing something else because it may be just that the proposition didn't work out. Great, I think there's some super advice in there. We could finish off by saying, listen, if you're a high growth potential company and you've got a good team, don't be afraid of the money. In fact, you're going to need the money in order to grow the way you want to grow. So go out and get it. That's correct. Jimmy, thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please get in touch with us via Twitter or Facebook at CI Connect to give us your feedback on today's podcast. I'll link below. Hi.